most groups of friends have their go-to inside jokes. The things you know will get a rise out of someone because, frankly, they just know you that well. My inner circle is no different. Heck, for some reason, you listen to two of them dish it out every week as it is. For some, it's a favorite sports team that's not performing well. Others, it's pointing out the oh-so-specific OCDs that make us all tick. And for me, well, anyone who knows me well enough can walk up on any given day, ask me how many phones I'm carrying, and prepare for a good chuckle at my well-deserved expense. My love of gadgets is, literally, very well documented at this point. One of my favorite subgenres is the smartphone. These roots go so much deeper than just the modern era ushered in by the iPhone, Nexus One, and Galaxy Note. I still have the fondest memories of my HTC Star Trek, I and mean, with a name like that, come on. My Blackberry Curve and even the giant, oh how far we've come, a Nokia 1520. So in the here and now, the smartphone space has indeed matured to the point of, dare some say, getting boring. They all look pretty much the same. They all pretty much are just as fast as each other, and the cameras are all, well, creating about as many pixels as they're actually capturing. But I still love them. Until someone actually cracks the next big thing in consumer electronics, the metal and glass slab in your pocket will remain one of the most valuable touch points in our everyday computing experience. So much like the clockwork that it is, Samsung brought us their winter unpacked event this last week and with it three new phones that sure look familiar, talked up AI advancements that might be hit or miss at best, and even tossed in an upcoming wearable that might actually shake things up a bit. Sound like business as usual? Sure does. And I still love every last second of it. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we're here with another one of our, you know, th those tent pole moments that happen each year. Um, we know it's coming. We talk about it. It happens. And then we wait for the next one. Um, much like CES, we talked about a few weeks ago, happens top of every January. This one's not always on a fixed date or even a fixed week, but we, are always, we, we certainly know it's one of the earlier events of any given year and 2024 was no different we're here to talk the um the winter samsung unpacked event um so we know you know traditionally speaking there is a winter event and a you know late summer early fall event um the latter one typically uh, revolves around foldables and things like that these days but the, this event is this is the flagship event this is you know Foldables, which we may talk about ironically here in a few minutes, are very much maybe where Samsung's investments in certain areas are certainly going. But at the end of the day, here and now in 2024, their flagship, here's everything we have to offer, and then some phones reside in this top of year winter event. And uh, so this year we got the aptly named S24 lineup. So with their S line of phones being that top tier you know, premium set. These are the iPhone competitors. I mean, right. just, yeah. get the, just get it out of the way, right? Like that, that might be the most apt thing to call them. Yeah. These are the iPhone competitors. You know, there's one for every size, one for every, you know, just about every price point. Um, the, obviously, because it is Samsung, they will then iterate internally on these builds several times throughout the years to quite literally get a phone at every price point. Down yeah. the point, there, there will end up being a, you know, a twenty four L dash three that is you know most of the important stuff and none of the frills and somehow they get that sucker down to like three hundred dollars. Yeah, but crazy. Yeah, this this isn't that. These are the S line phones. These are the top of the line, and um, you know it's interesting. 
they follow <laughs> right yeah. um, they they follow a pattern that i think is be very very easy to see through most of last year's phone announcements because this one happens so close to the top of the year and this is just this is a john logic thing the industry could look at it very very differently i think of the top of year samsung event as a continuation of the previous year's tech events this is not really the kickoff of the phone landscape in 2024 to me. This is really the conclusion of the phone landscape of 2023. And there's some very, very direct things about, say, the S24 Ultra, the top of the top for Samsung, that are, no other way to put it, direct answers to Apple's iPhone 15 right. of the fall of 2023. So it's it's not... I don't want to say like one chasing the other and that one is behind or ahead. I mean, these are head shoulders down to the end of your toes ahead of the pack in every other area, iPhone and Samsung. Like that, that's just, yeah, those we, we've talked about it on the show. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah. we could talk about Google. We could talk about, we could talk about all the other competition combined does not come close to the market dominance of either of these other two players. That's just the fact yeah. in, in, in phone shipments. So, um, this is their answer in a big way to the iPhone 15. Not so much what Apple's eyeing and saying, aha, now we know we have to go after with the iPhone 16. This is not how this tick and talk pattern tends to work. So this is very much the uh, the talk to Apple's tick. Um, but an interesting event nonetheless. A lot, a lot of initial reactions I've seen come out of folks are like, yawn, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Same phones as last year. Seems, and, seems like iteration on the phone front, but other than the processor, I'm I'm excited about the processor. I think I, I, I am. I, I'm excited about a few things, but before we dive into the very specific about these phones, I guess to bookend my first thought there is just that the, some elements of that assessment are not wrong. This was not the Samsung trotting onto stage and showing us. 85 different ways that their phone was going to be bigger and better than every other phone you could, you know, buy on the market because trust us, we're Samsung. But that's been true of every single phone event for multiple years. Definitely yeah. last year's cycle. We think about this as the conclusion of the 2023 cycle. All of 2023 was that. I don't know of a single product launch in the phone space last year that was like, holy crap, that's it. They right. found you know, yeah. they they found the next thing. I'm just doing a very, very brief history, and I didn't prepare any of this, so it's not an exhaustive list, but just things that come to my mind when I think about the 2023 phone product life cycle. Um Google announced the Pixel Fold, mm -hmm. which was effectively a Z fold, just a, just a, right. a different aspect ratio Z fold. Again, is it a couple things different, but certainly didn't like the, the hinge mechanism and whatnot allowed to fold flat. Guess what? So did the Z fold five, just a few months yeah. later, like, and we talked about on our, on our galaxy Z episode, like that's a, that's a, that was a meaningful upgrade from a usability perspective, but it didn't reinvent the foldable space. Right. I can just, I can read Eric's mind right now. Have you gotten rid of the crease yet? Yep. Cause until the, yeah. cause until the crease Every is gone, you're not those, getting me. I just yeah. Do it. So, you know, no inverse speed bumps for Eric and for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. I, I obviously there, there's the there's the loud group of folks, myself, one of them saying, hey, use it for a while and it visually disappears. And it does. But you're not wrong when you're there's no getting away when you swipe corner to corner or across those screens. You run through a valley in the middle of your phone. That's not a thing we're used to having or certainly not something that we want. So, you know, until material science catches up, that's where we are. 
And that's where we were with all those phones. So that um, the on the so that's kind of the fold type phones and the flip type phones. And we talked about the Z Flip Four to the Z Flip Five. They didn't do jack crap with the inside, other than that change to the fold to to the mechanism. So it does yeah. fold flatter. They made the screen on the outside bigger. Yep. So the oh, the, right. the, yeah. the the tent pole feature on a foldable phone was the old school screen on the outside of it. And again, as an owner of that phone, I appreciate that bigger outside screen. I actually do things with my phone when it's sitting on a table. I don't have to unfold it. That's nice. I, I do like that feature. I wouldn't call that revolutionary or game changing. Um, now, there's, there's some direct comparison reasons for this. We get into the iPhone 15s. We well reviewed them. I, I Again, I carry one every day. We talked you know, good things about them after the event, and I still say good things about them. The titanium build meaningful from a durability perspective didn't cut the phone's weight in half not even close eric i mentioned this you this you offhand on the phone the other day you pick up the two phones if you're if you have any holding both both without a case on it you can feel the weight difference the minute you throw a case on it and you're no longer holding the old one your your brain is just back to i'm holding a big metal and glass slab like that's that, that that's that's where we're still at physics are still a thing with these giant phones um Camera technology, still a thing, still improving. I still don't feel like if you picked up an iPhone 15 and shot something compared to something even from an iPhone 13, you'd be hard pressed without the metadata to pick out which thing was shot on which yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Right. There's so much post-processing that's happening on all the photos that it's, you know, it's tough yeah. to tell them apart to begin with. I mean, there's the, I guess you're getting the zoom on the one lens on the new um, yeah. iPhone that you get more optical zoom. So you're not going to have artifacting until later on it, which is, is nice. That's meaningful. But again, it's not like, it's know, what we, right. It's what we thing. talked about. Cool. Thanks for doing what other cameras have been doing for, you know, yeah. it's what we talked about at that episode. It is me- like meaningful is a good word. These are quality of life, th- life things that improve the experience with the device. It doesn't make it the next evolutionary step forward in mobile computing, which is what these devices are anymore. The mobile phones are effectively mobile computing, period, end of conversation. Mm-hmm. We've said it here many times. For many people, it is their primary computer. Totally. So when we yeah. so when we think about these things under the lens, pun intended, of it being their primary computer, those small changes can have big impact. And there's some yeah. things that there, there are some of those things to be found here. But I guess I want to use that to color the 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 through line both leading up to the event and certainly in the, you know, the full reviews haven't released yet due to embargo and whatnot. And I'm sure they're still in reviewers hands. Um, It's, you know, same phone, different day. It was like, that's true, Mm. but I just, you know, I'm no Samsung apologist, but the fact of the matter is that is hardly something we can pin on Samsung. That is the place we are in the advanced maturity of the smartphone space. Mm-hmm. You know, why is Apple betting the farm on the Vision Pro? Because they know there's not likely to be an evolutionary step forward for them in the iPhone space anytime soon. We've said the really the next big thing for them is likely to be some kind of foldable. Mm-hmm. And unless there's a major shift in their product strategy, that's not happening until they figure out that crease thing Eric was yeah. talking about. Right. Exactly. I, have a, I have a hard time believing that they would release something with a crease. Yeah, maybe it'll be the eye crease, and it'll be the the first one that has ever you know been <laughs> that specific shape of crease. You it's know, it's, a re- it's a it's a rev like this before. 
it's a revolutionary control paradigm. Yes. You actually, yep. you know, yeah, they, you they increase part into, of the scrolling yeah. strategy. It is. <laughs> it's the digital crown, you might say, of yeah, the foldable. They, they make um, it. They do some sort as of revolutionary as the mouse. Like a whole scroll wheel, and you and you rub your finger over the crease, and it spins, and it's like <laughs> it's part of the experience. <laughs> Man, can't I cannot believe we just broke that story. No, um, <laughs> we figured it out, guys. Good it's job. So yeah, phones are definitely like quality of life of late, yes. right? Like slight form change, but nothing like you know that yeah. we didn't know we wanted, and now it's here. And oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. But let's talk about the phones because that that's what they are. Quality of life changes with one big fat thing tacked on at the end that we will talk about. Mm. Um, but the phones themselves, let's talk about them as the physical objects that they are. Because again, as mobile devices, the, the feeling, the hand, the, the way all those things are more important than almost any other gadget right. that we carry around on the daily. So, you know, starting with the devices themselves, we'll kind of go, you know, top to bottom, as it were. Um, because especially these S events, let's face it, most people are here to talk about the S24 Ultra or right. the S insert number here, Ultra. Um, not necessarily the one that people are going to buy because to get it right out of the way, $100 more expensive this year, right out of the gate. Yeah. So that's not surprising. I, I It certainly well, didn't, you know. Starting at 1300 this year, right? Is that yeah, what it 12, is? 12 yeah, $12.99. Yeah. $12.99 is the starting point. It does start at 256 gigs of storage. So gone again are the so we've seen that as a bit of a pattern in the space where companies are kind of giving you something to get something. So they're very much getting more money per phone and they're lowering that initial price point. But at least you are starting out at that 256 gigs of storage because 128 is the new 64. We've talked about yeah, that on the show. Yeah, like really. 128 gigs is just not enough for the average person, cloud or no cloud, to get by, especially with the cameras that they are shoving into these devices. Yeah. Any amount of photo or video taken on these camera systems are going to fill up a smaller phone very quickly. God forbid my mom ever finds the raw button for photos. <laughs> Game over, man. Yeah, Game over. It's going to be full in a week. <laughs> um, so on the S24 Ultra, you know, spec for spec, if, if you put it next to an S23 Ultra, if you didn't focus your eyes, haha, they'd be hard to tell apart. But there, there are some differences. One of them is right there at that screen level. And um, it's the same 6.8 inch you know, slab of OLED, um, same, uh, no, that's right. It is a slightly different result, which I'm not sure where this came from because it's 6.8 inch OLED, but it went from 3088 by 1440 to 3120 by 1440. So it's still 1440 P display. My guess is those dangling, you know, fifth, you know, 40 pixels or so yeah. are coming. The fact that it's no longer curved at the edges. It's mm. now a, it's now a plane. Yeah. It's a flat plane to plane display. So it, there is still some curvature to the sides of the device from a grip and like holdability perspective, mm -hmm. but much like a change between Google's Pixel 7 Pro to Pixel 8 Pro, Samsung has finally ditched the whole, I'm going to call it a, yeah, I'm going to call it a gimmick only from the perspective of it was, it's been a long time since that curve actually brought any functionality. It was just a differentiator. Right, I think like you first could, generation, they did like some sort of like, like a notification or something. Strip, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. Much earlier versions of the whole screen curvature stuff actually brought like, oh, your phone was sitting on a table at an off angle from you. And you could see like the first line of a text message or an email come by on the curve. Like that's been a long time gone because to do it, the curve 
curvature had to be so aggressive, it made using the phone more difficult. Right. It would, the, the trade-offs were not worth it. And we've seen those curves just slowly flatten, 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 flatten. Um, until now, they're, it, it is effectively gone on, on this, much like several others that have come behind it. And I would say that that's a good thing on the yeah. whole. It, it was... Again, fall, filing it under gimmick, but you know, also just from a logic perspective to me, taking the curvature out of that glass is going to in turn make that glass stronger. For sure. Yes. Yeah. And that's durability is a through line through the phone for sure, because I'm going to jump right from the display to the chassis around it. It's got a titanium finished display, much like the iPhone right. 15 of late 2023 with a key difference. Um. As we mentioned before, Apple chose to go to titanium. It's a misnomer that the, the titanium is the key itself because titanium, like volume for volume, is heavier than aluminum. Right. So Apple went to titanium but made the iPhone objectionably lighter by using less of it because it is a stronger material. They made the shell thinner, mm. allegedly also giving the space for maybe some more battery and other internals, but the, the weight savings came from they used less of a stronger material, so they netted a lesser weight to the phone. Samsung went a very different direction, went to aluminum, I'm sorry, went to titanium, changed nothing else about the internals in that regard, so it is m the same amount of metal um, in a heavier, so the, the actually the weight of the phone is virtually unchanged, but it is they, they basically double down on the on on the strength of the phone because it is now a, basically as much of a stronger material. So rather than achieving similar strength results with less material making it lighter, mm -hmm, it is right. the same amount of a stronger material. So now the phone's a tank. And they're yeah. like, that's, that's, that's what they're effectively, you know, gone for here. Um, again, it is a, you know, 8.25 ounces on the S23, 8.18 ounces. So we are talking tenths of ounces, really hundredths of ounces of difference yeah. here. Um, imperceptible to the hand, yeah. meaning that the phone is going to there. There's just, there's this more or less the same amount of a stronger material it's going to be a it's, it's going to be a strong phone on top of this um corning trotted out there it's the latest iteration of their um gorilla glass going on the front of this thing and gorilla glass much like the stuff they put on the iphone is has been getting more and more shatterproof through the years but i think we even talked about this has been a while ago we talked about yeah. how in our experience anyway as as phones have gotten harder to shatter we feel that they've gotten objectively easier to scratch and um, Corning came out and basically said, hey, you know, this is some of our strongest glass to date, but also allegedly we'll wait till people get their hands on it properly. It's supposed to be their most scratch resistant glass hmm. to date. Okay. Um, again, the, the screen protector industry is alive and well and not going anywhere oh, yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> but as someone who I'm one of those crazy people, I, I and I know you can get really nice glass screen protectors that you can't. I'm just not a screen protector person. No, me neither. I, I just, I have these devices. People have invested countless thousands of hours of engineering into getting the tip of my finger as close to what I'm supposed to be touching as possible. Like that's, I remember in the earlier days of these devices, I remember this with I. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but because of that separation, I remember when we talk about like back in the day when these devices were like tangibly, meaningfully different generation to generation, yeah. I remember with iPads, especially because the screens were so much bigger than a phone, like how noticeable it was from one iPad to the next as they would continue to laminate the glass closer and closer and get those layers closer and closer together where you would, you know, a couple of generations back then you'd pick up an old one and it was like looking through a glass tunnel at whatever, like it was like you were trying to reach through the glass to touch it because the separation was so much more noticeable. Yeah. Um, anymore, all of these devices are laminated to, su- to such a degree of accuracy that, you know, that, that effect is gone. Um, but I just, that, that mentality of, I don't want to add any distance between me yeah. and what I'm virtually touching. I don't know. It's just, it's a mental thing. It totally is. It would be much smarter to put, you know, protection on my very expensive devices. I'm just that crazy person that doesn't. Um, the glass is so good now. I, I don't do the screen protector either. No. I think it helps it look better. Like even the glass ones. Yeah. The, it, the, there's two ways those screen protectors seem to go. It's either insanely glossy. Yeah, and it adds so much reflection Claire. to it, or they do the anti. They go the other way. Put it on there, and then you can see it. speckles through your whole thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, like yeah, I don't like either. Yeah. So, anywho, r- running back through like point for point differences, you know, S twenty S twenty four to S twenty three. So we've covered the display, the glass, the body, weight, um, battery, all but unchanged, five thousand milliamps. Um, that said. We'll get to Eric. You mentioned the processor. This is a Snapdragon eight, a customized as as, a, and that's not new. Yeah, Snapdragon no. and Samsung has a very strong partnership. There's been customized chips in these devices for years. Yeah. So in in the U.S., definitely there's going to be the Snapdragon eight Gen three, um, bringing substantial power capabilities. There's some AI implications we're going to get to in a few minutes. Um. Also, some efficiency gains from a thermals and just overall, you know, um, if you know, efficiency on the battery. So that the hope we'll know when we get it, but the hope is that same five thousand milliamp battery is going to go farther because there shouldn't be anything else. Like I said the the display is all but unchanged. Yeah. So things that normally have impact to battery either direction is massive changes to well, the display or the didn't processor. The, didn't the brightness increase, or is it the same? I genuinely do not know off the top. That that is one spec. The brightness got better on. I I I just remember somebody mentioning something about the brighter phones this year, but it could. I I I believe they get up to like either twenty four or twenty six hundred nits on the lesser phones, which I do think is an increase. If there was one on the bigger phones, I didn't clock. I was looking at my notes here. I didn't clock that particular bit, but um, the lower tier ones. I I know those got like those got meaningful upgrades on that on that space. Um, to that point, um. 120 hertz now. Okay, I guess we're kind of mentioning that it's it's been 120 hertz at the ultra point. Actually, it's been 120 hertz across them all. The lesser phones, um, yeah, they're all up to 120 hertz. I mean, they all have variable refresh rates now, up to 120 hertz. Which I, for the lower tier phones, especially, that's meaningful because there's not as many phones in those entry or mid level p- price points that bring that variable refresh rate up to 120 hertz. Right? Yeah, Apple isn't doing it either, unless except for the titanium, except, except for the Pro. Yep. Which don't just oh Apple. <laughs> anyway, um, rounding out the S24. Um, another thing that like is it's more meaningful in Android world. And again, I just won't apologize for that. It just is RAM. RAM just means more yeah. in Android space because there's just 
it, it comes down to the tightness and the integration between the hardware and the software. Yeah. Um, it's not as tight. It just isn't. So the RAM is more directly meaningful. So the baseline used to be you had to tear up the storage to get the greater amount of RAM. In the S24, it's now 12 gigs out of the box and flat across. So whether you buy the 256 gig all the way up to the one gigabyte of storage, you're getting 12 gigs of RAM. So again, table stakes for the people that were upgrading their storage. But if you're, if, you know, I hate to say entry level at thirteen hundred dollars, but right. you know, I have a feeling if you're ponying up for the S twenty four, if you're not pre ordering and getting the pre order special that lets you double the storage for free. Right. Um, PS, by the way, you can still pre order the phone and double your storage for free. Post launch, um, I have a feeling the two fifty six were a lot of people are going to be their entry point. It's already pretty expensive. Yeah. Two hundred fifty six gigs is getting there, but it's still enough for most people, especially if you're leveraging Google Photos and other you know Google Drive or OneDrive things like that to manage your your storage elsewhere in the cloud. Um, that's that that is, is to me a bigger deal than it might seem to get that full twelve gigs of storage um, at at all three price points. Um, Eric, this is where I'll tap to you real quick on the on sure. the camera side of things. The cameras looked changed, but not dramatically changed. But again, yeah. we're getting into like f-stop stuff that I like to think that I know what I'm talking about, and you're just you're just better at it. Yeah, so go for it on the camera side. So nightography. Well, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> Shut was your mouth. You <laughs> Shut your dirty mouth. Just, so no. Um, and I'll talk. I'll talk about that in a second. But the f-stops, I guess. Speaking of gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about these f stops on len on sensors that are this that small, small is yeah. almost meaningless. Like they're talking about you know, cross that threshold. Wide, yeah. Your wide lens with optical image stabilization and an f one point seven aperture, and then the ultra wide lens has an f two point two aperture, and the telephoto lens has a three point four aperture. Uh, it, who cares? It, it's like <laughs> you're not you're not getting any depth of field that is actually created by the lens and the f-stop on these sensors because the sensors are too small you're not getting real bokeh on these things like you would get on a large format large right. format camera it is creating it in an ai software and blurring the background for you that's what this right. is doing so the, the f-stops are meaningless when it comes to that what it means is the amount of light that gets to the sensor which is which is fine yeah more more light you know brighter pictures, all that kind of yep. stuff. That's, that's mm -hmm. fine. Um, the bigger thing that is important on these tiny little sensors is the size of the pixels. And they increase the size of the pixels on the sensor to 1.4. And it's, it's like UM, but it's like a symbol. I don't remember what the actual, if it's Pico yeah. or like, I don't remember like what the size P, yeah. Yeah, measurement is. So they did that, which increases their, as Cody said, nitography, which is apparently <laughs> how Samsung has branded their low light photography, which come on yeah. guys, just call it low light photography and just get like, we don't need nitography. But <laughs> Copyright. Yeah, brand it's, everything. Yeah. It's so, yeah. yeah, we got to brand all the things. So they're, they're they're cool they're specs you know on on cell phone cameras neat right they're all basically table stakes the what is getting you the pictures that make you go wow i can't believe i took this on my phone is all of the processing that happens after you snap the picture mm -hmm. and samsung is really good at that they yes. have all they have been for years they are neck and neck with apple most of the time ahead in photo quality yeah. 
of what you can take on your cell phone. Any more of the difference makers there, to, to your point, mm-hmm. being neck and neck, come down to the stylistic opinion yep. differences between yep. between the two. Like the two teams that are behind these things, I, I firmly believe it's, it's no longer even a technological gap. It's one team really likes photos to look one way and the other team likes photos to look the other way That's and they exactly calibrate their stuff to yeah. come out. But like there is a it's, Samsung look to a photo and there's yeah. an iPhone it's, look to a photo. It's the same thing you get with the main camera manufacturers. There are people That's that true. you'll hear these, these camera busts throwing around the word color science. I love <laughs> Canon's color science. I love Nikon's color science because <laughs> they tune their processors a certain way and then they yep. tune what gets applied to those pictures. And raw, of course, takes gets rid of all of that. But if you're shooting JPEGs on these cameras, first of all, what are you doing? And second of all, they, they come out <laughs> a specific way um, with specific coloration because of the lenses and the sensors and all that kind of stuff. They have a and look. And the post-processing. And Samsung and Apple are doing the same thing. Their photos that you get out of them have a look. And Samsung does great. They're fantastic. I think Samsung is a little bit, if I'm remembering right, Samsung's a little bit cooler when you get your photos out of it. They're a little bit um, more blue. They're a little bit, you know, and then Apple goes the warmer route. Their stuff's a little bit more orange, a little bit more warm right out of the camera. And again, both of these things have the ability to shoot raw. If you got the storage, shoot raw, offload it on your computer, do your editing in Photoshop. You know, or do it on the device now with all these crazy processors that they have. Right. But still, you know, it, it's they're probably, you know, they're great upgrades to the the things. Every iteration of this, they're small, little incremental. Over time, they're getting better and better and better what they can capture. They're nice cameras. If you're using it as your primary way to take photos, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to take yeah. great photos. Yeah. I, I have trouble calling them unedited no matter what you do unless you're shooting raw on here because of the amount of post-processing that's happening on these photos is borderline like you know it's it's they're full eye running them full on running them through an ai processor before you see yeah your photo at the end did i I take this photo did it look like this to my eye when i snapped it you know that kind of thing So you're asking, what is a photo? No, um, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, and I, I, have an, I do not have an agenda with this question. I actually, because we do throw this term around, you throw it around knowledgeably. I throw it around because I hear people like you say it. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the dumb kid question. <laughs> I, I know what a raw photo is supposed to be uh-huh. on a smartphone. Let's set, let's set DSLRs aside for a second, mm-hmm. but on a smartphone is a raw photo actually still a raw photo? Like, as far as you know, are they... Uh, like, as far I, as I, I know, I know what I was taught that word yeah. is supposed to be, but I just, sure. I actually struggle with is, is the end product coming out? If you toggle your smartphone camera to raw with all the computational photography going on, the moment you hit that quote unquote shutter button, is that quote unquote raw photo actually unprocessed, un, yeah. unedited? As far as I know, it is supposed to be. Um, because you know, a raw photo is basically taking exactly what was detected at the sensor bit level ones and zeros and saving it into a file, which is why they're so much bigger because you're getting all the data that hit all the data is there. That That being said, I don't know how it can be. And I guess that's where I was kind of going with the question. Because the, the lenses are so tiny. Yep. And there there's no way that those lenses are distortion free there's no, no. way that there's no pin Can't cushion be. or you know 
it's just so therefore the camera has to be making choices and if it's making choices though they have to be mathematical like there's an algorithm going on right so if there's algorithmic choices being made by the camera yeah and we are so far down this rabbit hole that i didn't mean to go to it's like so oh flip it into raw is it right or is it just photo sans a bunch of the other stuff but i I don't know i I, I don't even have a point to the question it's just something i think about they might still do lens adjustments you know to make sure that you're not seeing you know warping on there Mm -hmm. but i don't know you know maybe they maybe they're leaving it in there you know because a lot of times when you take those photos raw and then you import them into photoshop through camera raw um, it will detect what on a DSLR, it'll detect what lens you used and it'll apply mm. lens corrections to your raw photo. So you don't have to do that later um, right. to make everything all straight lines and all that kind of stuff. And you can turn that off in there. I don't know if they're yep. doing that in camera or if it's just getting applied when you put it into an editing program that might be doing it automatically for you. I, I, don't, I haven't I haven't looked into it deep enough to say, aha, they do it or they don't. But got it. it the way they advertise it is that it's a raw photo. What they're telling us is it's a raw photo. So, okay, yeah. All right. Well, we'll believe them for now. Yeah. Yeah. The the last camera thing I want to, yeah, the last camera thing I want to point out side by side because just it it could be meaningful. You mentioned about you know how are they they have to they have to gather more data to make the photos any better, right? So Mm -hmm. I did clock that the telephoto lens specifically went from 10 to 50 megapixels. The main sensor is, you know, still, again, air quotes here, still 200 megapixels. That's still bonkers to me that it's 200 megapixels. But um, yeah, the telephoto lens got a pretty sizable change from 10 to 50. So who knows what actual impact that's going to have, but it got five times air quotes here larger. Right. So I have seen some pretty crazy zoom, you know, videos from Samsung phones. So yeah. yeah. When, and they do oh, have yeah, a one yeah. to three times optical zoom on, te- on the telephoto lens as yep. well. So, yep. I mean, that's, you know, they're, they're doing that periscope lens thing, just like Apple is to get the, yeah. uh, to get the telephoto in there. So they may have done it yeah. first and Apple copy them. Who knows who cares, but they're both doing it. So. I, and I would be remiss for saying, I'm guessing this is coming from just the capabilities primarily of the Snapdragon 8 Gen 3 versus the Gen 2. They are pulling off 8K video at 24 or 30, which is yeah. relative. I don't know what you're doing with that exactly, but you can. There, there so are, There are some 8K televisions out there, so I suppose you can watch your cell phone yes, video. Yes, Samsung will happily sell you one, believe me. Samsung yep. 8K television, you'll see every one of those pixels from your phone. So oh, it's probably goodness. the only source of 8K video you can get is this phone. These, these going, to that, or, going to that going to that red komodo uh, you know cinema <laughs> camera and recording stuff on that oh go my gosh your, go to your kids p- school play with a you know thirty thousand yeah. dollar red cinema camera <laughs> yeah watch it in 8k on your tv at home um last hardware spec i was going to point out on the on the s24 ultra um because it's actually somewhat relevant because this was pretty not pretty. It was becoming prevalent at CES a couple weeks ago. Um, so this phone is going to pack Wi-Fi 7 natively. Um, so the Wi-Fi standard is being certified. Um, and because uh, we talked just a couple months ago about the Eero announcement at the Amazon event where, right. you know, you can spend 
$2,000 on a box of access points and have no devices to connect to it will do. I have news for you guys. If you spent, if you gave Amazon $2,000 for a set of access points that none of your devices can actually connect to, you can finally now pre-order a device that will connect to your Wi-Fi 7 network <laughs> for <Finally>. reasons. <laughs> yeah. I, for reasons, it's uh, like should do better going to Ubiquity's website and paying 189 an access point instead. Yeah. Well, there is that there, and that's what I was. Gonna, there are other Wi-Fi seven options, you know, for, from the access point side of things in the field now. So um, it's just nice to see devices starting to hit. You know, this will be the year where that where that spec again becomes table stakes across the board, and you know, yay us, better Wi-Fi is better. So that's that's great. Um, last but not least, this isn't a change. It's got stylus support, built-in stylus. You know, the S, the S Ultra is effectively the Galaxy Note of the day. Um, yeah. Yay! I mean, I, I know they do a great job. It's a, it, it's a it's a nice feature. I one of those, I wonder if I'd ever take that stylus out. Yeah. So I can tell you, many people don't, and many people do. So, um, I said that was last, but I just I just saw my notes about the eight Gen three. I did want to mention one more thing because this is again, in my opinion, a meaningful difference between the last year's Ultra and this one. So it's not just an upgrade to the processor itself. Um, this is way down like the hardware weeds. But I was seeing in the more detailed notes from the announcement, the the actual vapor chamber of the cooling system around the processor is also substantially larger. So they reorganized the internals of the phone to create more room for that vapor chamber, meaning that not only is this processor newer, more powerful, hopefully more efficient, we talk about here all the time, you have to take thermals into account. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't, you have a device that can be blazingly powerful for four minutes. And blazingly so, hot. <laughs> yes. So the hope is this phone will stay cooler and run at higher performance levels for longer because of both the efficiency gains of the newer chip, as well as just the lo pure logic of keep it cooler, it will run better for longer. So yeah. again, all of that is on paper for the moment until we start to both see people get them in hand. We will be getting one in hand. We will do a what's in the box circle back on, on this model specifically, as you probably know by this point, when we do our Samsung what's in the boxes, we typically try to grab the, the top tier of whatever the group of offerings was. We're not going to do three separate what's in the boxes for a 24, 24 plus and a 24 ultra. We're just going to go to the top of the line and let you figure it out from there. So, um, Speaking of which, though, won't be spending near as much time because the changes get more and more iterative as you, as you go down. Um, as I mentioned, this is Samsung's direct answer to Apple's lineup. So just like there is an iPhone for every size, um, there's effectively an S-Class Galaxy phone for every size. They do not split out the Ultra into two sizes. Unlike, so Apple still does the larger and the smaller pros. Um, for now. I, for well, I just I can hear feelings about that because I, I appreciate that choice by Apple on the years where the phones are literally identical other than the screens. It annoys me on the years where, for example, there's either display tech or camera tech differences between the two. And yeah. we're in one of those years yes. where, you know, you put the phone side by side, according to the marketing materials, you would think they're the same phone with two different screen sizes. And no, 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 you are losing out on certain features by going for the smaller one. And not everyone wants a skateboard in their pocket. I get totally. it. Um, so, you know, to that point, it's like, you know what, Samsung, I'm okay with that. If you want to make your showboat, everything phone one size, but at least you know what you're getting out of the box. I'm, I'm okay with that choice. Yeah. Um, cause if you want a smaller device, they offer the S 24 and the S 24 plus, um, at like gradually gradiating down. So, um, 
the S24 Ultra stayed the same as we mentioned, 6.8 to 6.8, just with some changes to the curvature, and that's it. Um, both the S24 Plus and the standard S24 each got 0.1 inches larger. So it went from 6.1 to 6.2 and 6.6 to 6.7. So again, this is not like, oh my God, the screen's so much bigger. But I, 0.1 inch changes on Probably devices that small. changes, which you'll notice on the front. Yeah, end. you'll notice I, I was going to say, the bezel, that typically means the bezels got meaningfully changed. And that we talked about that with the um, Steam Deck OLED. Mm-hmm. You know, the screen got 0.4, I think it was, inches bigger. It was as much the change to the screen size as it was the change to the bezel size that made that feel like a meaningful change. Yeah. So, um, as we mentioned, up to 120 hertz across the board. I keep hitting on that because I am just one. I will die on the hill of refresh rate. More companies just need to be better. Like it really should be. Samsung is done 120 hertz VRR across their lineup. Everyone should be doing it by this point. I'm looking at you, Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Apple. I'm looking at you, Google. I'm everyone enough. This technology should be standard across your lineups for anything start at your flagship line. Because again, the S24 bone stock is still a flagship phone to them. It's just their entry level flagship. Yeah. I'm not oh, yeah. saying we need I'm not saying we need a 120 hertz variable refresh on the $300 cardboard box version that's going to go yeah. yeah, that's going to go to the off-brand prepaid store at the corner. Like that's not but at your flagship level devices, this should be table stakes across the board because it is such we're talking about meaningful quality of life things. I get it. We've talked in the past about how some people see the refresh rate stuff differently. I'm one of those people where it's a thorn in the side of my eyeball when it's not there. Mm-hmm. But anyone, you take, you would struggle to show me someone who flat couldn't tell the difference between a fixed 60 hertz display and 120. The 60 to 90 jump, I know I can see it. I totally get it when some people say no, they I can't. can't. See that jump, but yeah. The 60 to 120, I, again, it's just. I mean, I have it right in front of me here. I will, I will happily do a side oh, by side. When I, when I got the the uh, the fifteen, like that was the biggest thing. I was like, oh my gosh, the screen looks so good. Like <laughs> it just it just feels better to scroll. Like it's crisp. Yep. Like I, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. So I should have mentioned before Android fourteen across the board, but there was Android fourteen across the board already on the S twenty three lineups. So that's unchanged. Um, we mentioned one hundred twenty hertz. Uh, much like the screen sizes got a little bit bigger on these phones, the um, this is another area where incremental bumps. The S23 went from 3,900 to 4,000 milliamps. The S23 Plus went from 4,700 to 4,900, so a 200 milliamp jump. So again, they're all Snapdragon 8 Gen 3s, so the hope on these phones would be genuine. I'm, I'm hoping for at least the same, if not slightly better battery life on the 24 Ultra. These should be I'm hopefully see tangible changes in battery life because better, newer processor with bigger battery should equal, you know, the, the displays got a little bit bigger, but the, um, the resolutions did not meaningfully change. In fact, on these, they basically didn't change at all. The plus is a 1440p display. Um, oh, so that was a, actually, I'm sorry. That was a, I forgot about that last year. The, the S 23 and S 23 plus were both 1080p. Really? We're now okay. seeing that Samsung, like it's filtering down through the lineup. So this year, it's the other way around. The S24 Ultra and the S24 Plus are 1440p. Just that entry-level S24 is at 1080p. So That makes um, sense with screen size, too. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I mean, and it makes the S it makes the S twenty four plus that much more of a you know very solid middle ground option for a lot of people who want the bigger the bigger body, the bigger display. Most importantly, now you're getting a bigger display with very very similar um, resolution. So in fact, actually, it's identical resolution. I'm not saying this is exactly the same panel because it's not. It's six point eight versus six point seven, but they're both thirty one twenty by fourteen forty. So very very good option on that front. Um, camera systems again i the camera systems between these two phones are identical just like they were like they they share the same cameras across the s23 i'm sorry the s24 and the s24 plus same as they did with the 23 lineups of those phones so um no meaningful changes there but again they're already good cameras they're they've got the things there's no you know they're not doing they're not doing native style of support on either of these shocker to no one um they do top out again at wi-fi 6e but who cares? Because I'd be shocked if most people even have 6E in their homes or their yeah, boxes. Yeah, a lot of people don't even most, have it at this point. Right, right. The hope is that in our world, the hope is that people are getting closer and closer to having six more ubiquitously. 6E is the stretch point. Seven is, you know, we'll see you in a couple of years. So, um, but they do at least go up to 6E on those points. I should have mentioned too, across the line, IP68 water and dust protection. So, you know, again, and it comes, to, they all come in seven different colors. <laughs> Oh my like, god, yeah. So gotta such, have the colors nowadays. Yeah, man. Such Samsung-y color choices as well. Oh, I was the, on the I, names too, yeah. Yeah. Well, even just the hues. Like I, I'm not gonna go all down this rabbit hole all the way, but I was on the configurator the other night building a phone. I'm just like, I knew what I was going for. I'm the same thing I do every time. I'm here to build the blackiest of black phones you will yeah. sell me. That's just my design language when it comes to like my devices. Yeah. I like murder it out. I just want a black on black on black on black device. Thank you, please and thank you. And that's what I ordered. Um, but I was playing with the other ones, they've got like these past Stelly blues and yellows and you know it's just I'm, I'm glad people have choice we'll leave it at that not for amber me. yellow or, no, or was it, it sandstone it was yellow sandstone <laughs> sandstone <laughs> oh god sorry that to, took me a i had second. to hold up no. my s23 in nitography mode to tell the difference between the colors <laughs> well uh. yeah. Anyway, um, other table stakey kind of stuff, wireless charging across the board on the new, but at least on the, you know, the new, you know, Qi 2 standard. So it's faster, you know, you can get 15 watt charging. It's very similar to like Apple's MagSafe standard, but, you know, Samsung-y kind of way of going about it. Um, listen, big, big fan of wireless charging because while all these phones have USB-C across the board, they've had USB-C across the board. I don't know the last time I plugged any of these devices in because I just plopped them on a charging pad every night. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we've done just about all we're planning to do on the hardware side of things until we get the hardware in hand. Um, But let's talk about the software because really that's actually what I think Samsung was there to talk about more than anything else. And I don't mean what ridiculous thing did they do to the OS this time? I'm, I'm happy to say, you know, reserving judgment till I see it. Samsung has continued to just really lean into this much more restrained approach they've adopted in recent years to what they're going to do to Google's stock operating system in so much as for the most part, they add, they add real value. It's not, we're going to dramatically mess with or change this menu structure because we feel like it. It's because, no, we feel we made this menu better or this, you know, I'm fine. We made this app drawer. Just 
it's not change for change sake for the most part, unlike the bonkers stuff that they did in years past where it's just like, God, this would be a great phone if I could just nuke it and put stock Android on there. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy <laughs> stock Android. I do a lot. I've got a Pixel 8 Pro that I really enjoy playing with because it just feels googly in all the good ways. That said, anymore, these phones feel Samsung-y in good ways. Like it's not, it doesn't take away from the experience and in fact adds to it in a lot of places. So good job, Samsung, really. Because I, I spent a lot of years railing on the choices they would make to Android specifically. So yeah. I'm okay with it because it doesn't suck. Um, but I guess we can't, we can't, we can't avoid it any longer. AI. Yep. Yep. Oh, AI. Well, um, I mean, to at least to be fair, they, <laughs> have, they have added a lot of um, interesting features, like the way that I, they I, implemented I agree. the AI. It was kind of, these were like, some of the most promising implementations yeah. pending use, but right. from what I've heard from right. people who've actually had the chance to use it, all seem to agree. These are actually AI things that the humans in the world might actually use. Right. I mean, so uh, one of the one of the ones that I thought was was cool, which you know is they've they talked about it at a previous Google event. I think they brought up one of these unpacks, it was last year or the year before, where they were starting to work on this. And this is its implementation on the phone, which is the live translation. Yep. It can do intelligent text and call translations live. So you can call someone who's not a native English speaker and yep. speak to them and their phone will translate into text what you're saying in real time as you say it. And then they'll respond to your message and your phone will translate in real time to your language and back and forth with each other. And that's that's meaningful to a lot of people. Yeah, yes, it cool. is. So, and as I as I understand it, that is on device. Right. That's the big one to me. It's not forklifting that to the cloud for the processing. Going back to some things that this you know this new processor is giving them, it's it's doing that translation locally on the device. So from a performance perspective, like that. That technology has been round in some fashion, for, but it's always relied on the cloud. So yeah. the delay, the lag in that, that round trip processing made it unusable in a conversation. Right. And if this delivers to have the ability to have those conversations, as close as you're going to get to real time on something, you have yeah. to convert voice to text. Like obviously there's the human delay in reading yeah. something, comprehending it and responding. But again, that... That's big. That could yeah, be yeah. very, very, very yeah, big. And I mean, it, I would love to see, and I'm assuming with AI as well, the translations have gotten a lot better because it under it can understand subtext and things like that because like going from English to Chinese or Japanese has hilarious results most of the time and back right. because the languages are so fundamentally different at their core. Contextually speaking, yeah. yes. I'll be interested to see if it does translations that are understandable. Or if it's yeah. just going to be like the most ridiculous stuff going back and forth. But uh, I want to I want to see what that looks yeah. like in real time because that would be pretty fun. Sadly, uh, I don't speak any other languages, but this well, one. Yeah. And, and yeah. This poorly, so. <laughs> I'm rubbish at languages and never lost too much sleep over because I just insist on believing that in my lifetime, I'll just get to live the Star Trek future that I always wanted to. And, and my communicator badge will do it for me. Right. There you so, in the back of my um, head, it's always a possibility, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You just put the Babel fish in your ear and you're good to go. That's, so. that's mm -hmm. right. As, as, as long as it's not the humane AI pin, then I'm there for it. So, right. 
I don't want to keep dunking on that thing, but we can't talk about AI without me feeling like, and now I just want to dunk on the humane yeah. AI pin again. But anyway, um, so as meaningful as I see that feature being, one that struck me as, okay, is, um, so, so they're doing, they're doing the live translation piece, which is, which is really, really cool. But then on the flip side is the, the, the tonal suggestions yes. where you, it, you either, it either records or you type something. And it's like, I want this to be Shakespearean or I want this to be chill was one of them. If you need the AI to chill out your message, you might just need to go take a walk before hitting send on that message. Is that what it is? Like it's when it's when you're like in charge of a division and you're so mad and you're screaming into your phone and you're just like, you know, hey, make a galaxy, make this chill and then scream at your phone and then it comes out like normal. I mean, I guess if that's what it's for, I cannot wait for the Reddit posts right, of some yeah. of these communications <laughs> that go out. But it's like that, that is one area where I am, I'm all for the technology helping us be better as from a like grammatical suggestions, or I'm obviously yeah. you know, we, we are of the autocorrect generation, right? Like we've all gotten terrible at spelling because of autocorrect. That just is what it is. And this is the like next evolutionary wrong, leap John. forward of that. But always terrible at spelling. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we just gave you a technological crutch to get by. Um, I, I truly, and maybe this is just, there's a finer point here that is just lost on me. I'm not discrediting the technology or maybe even its uses. That use is just lost on me. I don't understand why I need an AI to change the, t I know what I'm wanting to say when I'm saying it. I might not have the right, like, I'm not saying I'm not mistaken in where I'm coming at it. Going back to that example of I'm mad about something, I'm banging out a message and I'm hitting send in the wrong frame of mind. That is a mistake. Right. Like I, as a leader, as a person should not do that. I need to know when to not hit send on that message, save it to drafts and come back later and decide how I want to say that. I don't think the robot is going to be an effective replacement for that. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I just, I just don't see that being practical application. Um, I think the best, the best here. thing the robot could do real quick is instead read my message for me and say, John, I really don't think you want to send this. I'm going to put a mandatory 60 minute hold <laughs> on it and force you to read it one more time before hitting based send. On, based yeah. on your geolocation, you are currently at a bar. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you'd like to send this message. <laughs> that is, that is a feature the robot could do for me to save me from myself. But Shakespeareanizing my, you know, my weekly rundown of the fleet status report it. not yeah. going to be a thing where it's going to help sorry Based i cut you your off geolocation you're at a bar and are you sure you'd like to purchase these 16 items from amazon um, oh no see that would <laughs> that, that feature would dramatically change the profit structure of amazon so um, um bezos would not stand for that but thinking about that the tone thing in real time yeah. you know one usage case i suppose that that could be useful from an accessibility standpoint um, there are uh, definitely a large subset of people out there who have a problem um, with emotion, like True. understanding other people's emotion <laughs> as well as conveying emotion uh, when when they speak or when they write because they they don't comprehend those right. kind of um, those kind of cues. So maybe this can help them write in a way that right. gives them those kind of cues socially. Nope. You know, it's, I don't think that's it's, a very it's, it's good definitely point. not a, it's definitely not a large group of people, but it's large enough that this could be a meaningful change. If, if it works oh, in that way, I don't know I, if it works in that way, but if it does, that could, if be it, if it would, I, 
I absolutely, I absolutely believe in, in, in assistive technology. Like yeah. that is one of the core yeah. reasons for why tech should exist, right? Is to, yeah. you know, help us help ourselves in ways that we may not be equipped yeah. otherwise to. That's great. And you're and absolutely that's not what Samsung was planning. Hopefully they listen to this podcast and they, and they spin it that way because there you go. Be very useful for something. I, so. Yes. And, and I, and I agree that that's a place where I can see that use case all day long. That said, I'm going to insist on leaning on what they chose to show us and right. market at us. Yeah. And in no universe is the Shakespearean option. Like that's just a meme in real time. Yeah, like all the they've done, right? yeah. they, they've, they've just given us meme fodder is yeah. all that feature is. Yeah. So, um, cause I had to be a child about it. That's what I chose to focus on. Eric, you're absolutely right. There are obviously situations where any of us, it, it could it could absolutely help us right. or help anyone in that scenario. Certainly there are people who need that help in very, very tangible ways. I'm glad that help potentially exists. That is a great application of this technology and I couldn't agree more, but, yeah. um, but again, I, yeah. Shakespearean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop memeing me to my please. face. Samsung. I'm going <laughs> to message my wife. Please turn it into a sonnet. I appreciate <laughs> that. That's right. Um, Never mind that we're not going down this rabbit hole, but I've seen a few great examples of like people that were testing it. Like it would, the AI would hallucinate during those translations. Oh, so it would just straight up miss the context. Oh no. So I, so I, it would, it would, it would, or says it would change the context. So that. it was very much A to B. So you like the intent of your message was to say one thing. It would hallucinate the intent and then completely change. Amazing the outcome. So you might be saying effectively, you know, Hey, let's, you know, you're coming off of an argument. Hey, let's chill out. You know, let's, you know, yeah. and then, mm. and the AI would basically turn it into, I want to beat you with a stick. Like it right. was that yeah. dramatically different of tonal. <laughs> like the tonal shift was not in alignment with the context of what you were trying to say. You want me but, to chill out? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Cause that's how you, that's how you yeah. calm someone down. <laughs> you Tell just, them to chill out yeah. and see just what happens. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, um, last but not least, um, well, I mean, there were not, I guess not last, there were the last but not least of things that jumped off to me was, and this is coming to more than just Samsung, because this is coming to Pixel phones. Right. This is largely coming even to um, uh, a group of S20, of, of 2023 generation phones, like the Z Fold and Z Flip. And this is Circle to Search. Yes, I saw and, that. That looked cool. Yep. Yep. And the effective ability is either with your finger or with a stylus, you invoke it, I believe, using the the back button, the home button, or you know, some gesture. And what it effectively allows you to do is circle an object on the screen and it will do a riff almost on Google Lens. Like it's gonna do a contextual right, like search about what's I'm sure there's some lens underpinnings on the back yeah. end of the technology, but it's basically saying, I want to take this one specific thing on my screen, be it a block of text, a photo, an object, whatever, and, and do a Google search based on that which i mean I, it's cool i mean it's, it's cool a, it's a it's a new way to search you can you know for people who i guess don't want to log into the google app and click on the camera and take a picture of something and have it just do a full picture search you can then pick something out of a picture yeah, i guess yeah I mean, it's, it can be interesting I, if yeah you know it, it, it and it probably will be interesting the, the hesitation in my voice is coming from that exact and again this could just i could be the problem you know what i mean i i know that that that, that photo the that photographic based searching has been a thing again i mentioned google lens like, this has been with us for a while i've right. never done it once outside of a 
test. Oh, I have. I, we used it a ton. There we you had, go. So that, that's what did, I mean. I, so the, the, I'm not criticizing the technology. Yeah. I'm criticizing my likely use of it. I will use the heck out of it the first week I get this phone in my hands just so I can rip it apart. And I could be so wrong. This could be the moment where it's like, oh my God, here's the 24 ways I should have been using this all along. Yeah. Well, but to date, that's never been a me my, thing. My use case was so obscure is the thing. We inherited um, an estate. Um, yep. And it was not like, it was not dollars, you know, that we inherited. We inherited <laughs> they were objects. They were yep. objects. And a lot of these objects were antiques from another country. They were mm. from Germany. Um, yep. And we didn't know anything about these items. So we could right. literally take a picture of it and throw it into Google search and do an image search. And nine times out of 10, we were able to find what the item was, when it was made, and like in pricing information on those types of things where you know wow. like a pair of carved wooden shoes that are like a decoration like little wooden clogs or whatever that right. are carved like yeah what? you know and it's apparently a thing and it was like a, it was an item that was sold a lot and like you can go out there and find other examples of it and you know little figurines and like homo figurines and things like that we could search them and if they didn't have their box find out exactly which ones they were like it had very specific use now we've done those searches and i haven't used it since you yeah, know what I mean? Right. It's like it was a very Fair specific enough. use case that we had, and then it was done. I so, could see yeah. like the pen coming in handy. Like, oh, I'm reading, and I like circle like yes. this sentence, and I or this word I don't yep. know. I could see that being like a a nice yep. case for it using the pen. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, otherwise, it's like what plants, animals, a weird thing you saw on the street. You're like, what is this? Like, yeah, right, but, I, yeah. I, I get it. Like, because I I do. I will admit, the, I'm trying to like put myself in the situation of using it. I take a lot of photos of things like during discovery sessions, site surveys, things like that, where it's, I'm taking photos of stuff because I need to like dig into it deeper later on when I'm preparing there, a report yeah. or a proposal, things like that. And the ability to pull up those photos to your point, Cody, pop out the stylus in an S24 ultra circle, a very specific model number or something yeah. like that on something. Again, Eric, I could just easily open up Google and type that model number, but Right. You know, or, yeah. or on a, or on a, and I don't know if these phones do it too, but on an, on an iPhone, you can just put your the copy on paste the text and pull the text out of the, out of the photo. Now, I don't know if you can do that on these or not. And well, to that point, if that, that would be a genuine area of, like, if, if, if this works to that degree from a copy and paste, because that is a feature I use on iOS yeah, literally every day. Yeah. Every single day I use that feature and to great effect. It, it, it really is impressive Huge, the degree of yeah. accuracy that it gets. Oh, so sure. this brings a lot of that. I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of other AI things coming. I mean, I, this being the launch of, I guess we should have said as conceptually, Samsung is building out this concept of Galaxy AI. Like that's their entrance into AI. It's obviously a deepening of the partnership with Google because they've really, you know, in a meaningful way, figured out how to work better together in recent years. Um, There were some, and I'm not saying they're gone completely, there were some real fissures between Samsung and Google there for a number of years in so much as I'm, I'm sure we all remember the blatant threats from Samsung to just fork and go to Tizen and, say, yep. and you know, double ones at them over Android and which would have been yeah. catastrophic to the Android ecosystem. Yeah. So it's good to see that partnership, you know, continue to work. I, I, I give Samsung a lot of credit. They walk a very interesting line in their partnerships with both Microsoft and Google that I think is a really cool for Samsung to be kind of that knitted middle ground where Samsung devices to their credit are a amazing marrying 
of the Microsoft and Google worlds on a world-class piece of hardware. Like that really is yep. what Samsung is. The, the Samsungiest things to me are the ones I use the least. It's right. I go to it because Samsung makes phenomenal hardware and I expect this to be no different. I'm really looking forward to getting a hold of that S24 Ultra. It's amazing hardware, best in class. But at the same time, that hardware is one of the best experiences you can have with Microsoft 365. Like really, because it's just like phenomenal experiences that and any of the Google services, mm-hmm. which like that's that's when you really break down how impressive that feat is that they've created one of the best experiences in both of those worlds at the same time. Pretty compelling yeah. and, cre- and and credit due where it's due. Um, you know, obviously you want to live in Apple's ecosystem. You go buy Apple's phone and that's their whole strategy. That is the walled garden. That is like. That's Apple's whole thing. And <clears throat> you can go buy that iPhone and have a great 365 experience. You can have a pretty good Google experience. Like, you know, like all the apps are there and they work pretty darn well. For a lot of years, some of those apps were superior to their equivalents on Android, yep, ironically yeah. enough. Like there were, there were real oh, moments yeah. where that was a thing. Um, but just Samsung's ability as a true third party who doesn't make the operating system, they obviously make dramatic changes to it, as we already talked about, but like they're bringing in Google's operating system with a lot of Google's first party software brought a world class experience with Microsoft suite. There was a lot of talk about a broader partnerships there at CES. Um, the features that are coming later this year, I mean, co-pilots getting baked yeah. right in um, the whole um, being able to use a Samsung device as a camera for teams calls. Really, Very really cool. important that yeah. that because that, uh, I, I recently had to do a news interview and it was one of the first times in like a I didn't know the interview was going to happen until about an hour before it took place. It was a last minute media request. And um, I was just not prepared. I was not in the office space. I was normally, I was not prepared to do this. So I used the whole continuity camera thing in, in that regard. Erica, I remember we did a test call real yep. quick before I jumped on. And you were surprised about the the, the, the quality and the clarity that came through was, from that camera. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like it, it's so, you can definitely see how much technology is packed into the the cell phone cameras that isn't yep. into webcams yet yeah. yeah so yeah so um excited to see that on the teams and samsung and google side of things so I, there's a lot of that going on um last but not least from the event there was a, a there's no other way to say it samsung one more thing to us which i think is yeah. hilarious um they so they they did a it was an announcement more of a pre-announcement because we don't know exactly when it's coming we don't know what it's going to cost but they they are doing the 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 galaxy ring which is, if anyone's followed the Aura Ring and its rabid group of followers in any way, um, this is their response to the entire smart ring sensor vertical. And we were talking about a little bit before we hit record today. And like the big, my understanding, I don't own any of the existing entries in this space, um, but my understanding of the big push for this is the want to be able to gain those like health and body metrics throughout the day, mm-hmm. be able to wear it, especially when you sleep at night without having to wear something as cumbersome as a watch or a smart band, which I, to- I totally get like s- sleeping with my Apple watch on, not an option. Well, it's like, when I'd- do you charge the watch then, you know, if you're sleeping yeah. with it on? 
I know people do when they shower, or whatever, but even in that, it's more just the logistics of trying to sleep with something on my wrist. I've tried it with Apple Watches, yeah, Fitbits. Sleeping with a chunk of titanium and glass yeah. on my wrist at night. Yeah. It's just not yeah. Yeah, yeah, just not happening. But I know people that to great success have done so with these smart rings. Um, so it's a, it's a space that Samsung wants to jump into. And I get it. it. It makes a lot of sense, especially as it becomes a data point for some of the AI stuff they're doing and drawing all their devices together. I mean, I personally didn't have a whole lot more to say about me because i don't think we know a know whole lot more about it beyond yeah. that i mean um, it, it's cool that it does the i'm, I'm assuming that it's going to do this health metrics and i'm yep. assuming there's going to be like some sort of a tap integration like with your right. phone maybe where you can do some gestures with it i'm on sure your phone, maybe i don't know <laughs> it, i mean what that wouldn't surprise me aside from those things it's not like it has a screen it can't display no. text yeah, it why, like would a health it to? why would you want to be thing, like right? looking at your ring as a as a text message I, went i'm by, not saying I mean? that i'm not <laughs> saying this is going to be it per se but i've heard rumors through the years about like smart rings or things like that also being a component of like authentication sure. like obviously it can't be yeah. the sole point because yeah. you just rip the ring off of someone's ringer and now you're suddenly them like that wouldn't work but like having it be a factor in a multi-factor authentication yeah. Yeah. loop um because you're detecting your finger like yeah when you're right and, yeah. and do the vitals match your you know because it, it could do a pretty probably do a pretty good job of figuring out are you you yeah and then telling right. the device you're interacting with yeah that's him like it, another layer of biometric piece of multi-factor yeah. like I, i've i've heard for about sure. concepts for things like that not saying that's what they're doing here per se but that's something i've tracked for a while is like that being in one of many intents behind these type devices that would be a cool use case of it. I hadn't heard of that before. That would that would definitely be interesting if they can work that yeah. out to be accurate. So, but yeah, because I mean, the, I, only, the only the only thing we all want is a nut is another form of multi factor authentication. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need it. So uh, we're constantly cracking them. So yeah, it doesn't hurt to have them. So, <laughs> but um, Samsung yelling at us. They want us to stop. Exactly. No, the, <laughs> that, that, that's called John forgot that a Zoom meeting was going to kick off at a certain time and I didn't mute the device before it was going to take place. But well, uh, you see, with Samsung's new AI, it'll know. And it, it would have detected it, it would have detected that for me. That's yeah, true. See, I, I'm going to mute. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about the ring. The AI is cool. You know, I can't wait to see it in practice. I want to try the circle thing. I want to try the translate thing. Um, Luckily, we have some bilingual guys in the office. Maybe we can call and like try out the. Uh, That's a good idea. The, you know the translation yeah, to see how it works. Yeah. You know, so yeah, well, very very good. Well, on that uh, on that biometric bombshell. There you go. You see, I did, yeah. see, I did that one. I'm getting better. No, that's that's so much worse. Um, I think that's where we'll start to wrap it up for this week. Any other any other parting thoughts you guys had from Winter Unpacked 2024 before we get hands on with these devices? Oh, I guess I should have said January 31st. If you do pre order, oh my gosh, I haven't done my go spend your money spiel. No, um, if if you are interested in any of these devices, n um. Same old, same old here. Go check out Samsung or any other places you would normally pre-order from. Huge um, trade-in bonuses. Um, there's uh, dis there's pre-order discounts going. Yeah, double your storage for free. There's promotional discounts going on right now. I will tell you through a combination of discounts and otherwise and a trade-in that I was doing, it took what would have been retail a $1,420 phone down to 570 Dang. So, you know, yeah. you, you really can, you know, you, you can leverage <laughs> some things off. and some stuff. Yeah. And if you do pre-order, dropping on January 31st, looking forward to doing kind of more of a hands-on what's in the box sometime early there in February. And uh, yeah, for real that time, that's uh, that's all I had for today. What about you guys? 
that's it. I want. I can't wait till you get your hands on the phone so so we can try it out. Because yes, yeah, I mean, I, I I only have iPhones, so it's always good to and, and an old Pixel, but it's it's good to uh, to see how those work. Yeah. Right? Yep. Very good. Well, on that, I think we will wrap it up and catch you next time. Later. Later.